Managing your law practice can be challenging. Marketing, time management, attracting clients, and all the things besides the cases that you need to do that aren't billable. Welcome to this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. This is where you'll get the information you need from expert guests and host Christopher Anderson, here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast, helping attorneys achieve more success. We're glad you can listen today on Legal Talk Network. And today's episode is about sales. And we haven't talked about sales for a while. We've talked about marketing. Um, and, you know, we talked to you, in fact, last month, we talked about marketing, about marketing being the gasoline um, for the business, about providing the, uh, the the prospects and the leads for the business um, and how it was essential, you know, without marketing, none of that happens. You don't have leads and therefore you can't, don't have anybody to work for. Sales is the kind of right twin brother or twin sister of marketing. It sits right next to it. And this is where a lot of lawyers and a lot of law firm businesses struggle. And that's why I'm so excited. I talked to our guest today is about converting those prospects into actual customers by working with them to help them understand why they should do business with your business. Um, So our title today is Rainmaking. It's all about conversion. And my guest today is Liz Wendling. She's the author of The Rainmaking Mindset and another book called Consultations That Convert. And she's just generally a guru of sales process that, in words from her own website that I stole, um, is about authenticity and honesty, a straightforward, no BS approach, which works. And we're going to talk about how law firm owners with Liz today about how law firm owners who think plenty about marketing, which is again, generating prospects and leads still either fear the sales process, or don't really know the keys to conversion, or worst of all, have learned some tricks or gimmicks that aren't at all what good conversions are about. I am, of course, your host, Christopher Anderson. I am an attorney with a singular passion for helping other lawyers achieve success with their law firm businesses. In the Unbillable Hour, each month we explore an area important to help you be a more profitable lawyer through growing your revenues, getting back more of your time, and or getting more professional satisfaction from your business. The Unbillable Hour is dedicated to bringing you guests each month to help you learn more about how to make your law firm business work for you instead of the other way around. Before we get started, I do want to say a thank you to our sponsors, Answer One, Solo Practice University, Scorpion, and Law Clerk. Answer One is a leading virtual receptionist and answering services provider for lawyers. You can find out more by giving them a call at 800-ANSWER-1 or online at www.answerone.com. And that's www, the little dot, answer, then the number one, dot com. Solo Practice University is a great resource for solos no matter how long you've been practicing. Make sure you check out solopracticeuniversity.com and learn how to run your practice better. Scorpion crushes the standard for law firm online marketing with proven campaign strategies to get attorneys better cases from the internet. Partner with Scorpion to get an award-winning website and ROI-positive marketing programs today. Visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast. And Law Clerk, where attorneys hire freelance lawyers. There are no sign-up or monthly fees. Only pay the flat fee price you set. Increase your profits, not your overhead. Learn more at www.lawclerk.legal. 
And again, today's episode of the Unbillable Hour is rainmaking. It's all about conversion. And my guest today, I'm so excited to have her, is Liz Wendling. She's the author of The Rainmaking Mindset and another book, Consultations That Convert. And Liz, welcome to the Unbillable Hour. Thank you for having me. I'm excited about our conversation. As am I. And as usual, I am completely inadequate in my introduction. So would you mind just telling the listeners a little bit more about you? I told them that you wrote two books, but uh, how did you come to do that? And why, why is this a topic that matters to you? Well, I have always been in sales or business development for going on three decades now. But about six years ago, I was speaking at a conference talking about sales and conversions. And there happened to be an attorney in the audience And she practically tackled me in the back of the room and said, oh, my gosh, we were just talking about this very topic at our law firm. Our attorneys suck at closing. And that was her exact words. And she invited me (laughs) in to talk to the managing partner. And a great conversation was had by he and I. And we agreed that it was time to get his attorneys some sales training because they were, they had no shortage of leads. They had people coming in doing free consultations or some paid consultations, but they all left saying, let me think about it. Your fees are a little high or I'll get back to you. And he just didn't understand what they were doing in the consultation. And the consultation is the make or break of every single, whether it's, I don't care if you're a regular professional selling yourself or an attorney, that consultation makes or breaks everything. If you don't do the best job that you can in that meeting when you're meeting someone for the first time, chances are they're going to go to the next attorney or the next professional and the business is going to go somewhere else. So I wrote two books because I realized it was I was passionate about helping attorneys close more business because they were never taught how to sell. No, no, indeed not. I mean, there's like, <laughs> at least last time I checked, I've never had anybody contradict me on this statement that that there is no sales courses taught in any law school um, that I'm aware of. And so all my listeners, mm-hmm. um, if you find, <laughs> if you know of a law school that does teach this, please let me know because I don't want to keep saying if it's not true. But as far as I know right now, it's true. But so Liz, you, <laughs> you're here. working outside the legal industry. You do this talk and there's a lawyer in the audience mm-hmm. and based on them tackling you, you've dedicated enough time to write two books and to now help lawyers convert clients better? Yes. So I, I call it, I have two lanes in my business. I do work with attorneys and then the, the other side of my business is, is regular professionals as well who have, who sell services, financial okay. planners, plastic surgeons. Sure. So I just really took a liking to work with attorneys. And Wait, you mean there's, there's similarities between selling legal <laughs> services and other services? You know, I know everyone wants to think there is, and they want me to say that there is, but there isn't. Yeah. Selling legal services is exactly the same as any other professional service. People are coming to a professional to sit in their office and understand the process, and they want to talk to someone who knows how to move someone who's interested all the way to invested. They want to be yeah. able to talk to someone who has value, able to build value, not just sit there and talk about the legal services, they want to see that you have people skills as well. Yeah, yeah. So listen, I mean, one of the big perceptions out there and why I think, you know, th- th- there was actually a time when conversion was easier. It just was. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but the per- perception and then some of the reality, but it, very much the perception out there is that it's gotten harder um, from beneath people are, you know, the, the law firms and lawyers now have to compete with people who've heard about being able to get 
a will done for 75 bucks on LegalZoom or, um, you know, or from above where, where larger law firms are starting to nibble down into commodity services. So there's a sense that it's getting more competitive and that, you know, being able to speak intelligently about why someone should do business with your firm has become a skill uh, that, that's probably needed. So what would you what would you say are the critical skills that attorneys really do need today to help them stand out and differentiate themselves amongst all this competition? I lump it into people skills, communication skills, and sales skills. It's those three, because those three together are what people are buying. Yes, mm-hmm. they know you're smart, you're an attorney, you went to law school, but if you don't have people skills and I've got to work with you for a year going through my divorce or to get my estate plan done, I want to know that you're just like me. You're a human being. I want to know that you can communicate with me, but I also want to know that you know your business. You know that you can move me from interested in what you do to invested in what you do and make you be the person who rises to the top and the person that I want to do business with. So all three of those matter. It's not just sales closing skills. It's about how do you move me to start trusting you and seeing that you're credible and and me leaning into you versus wanting to go uh, continue to uh, attorney shop, Yeah, which many people are doing these days. Yeah, indeed. And, and, And I mean, but honestly, and I've always said this, is that when someone's quote unquote shopping, that means they haven't found what they're looking for yet. Um, And that means that whoever they shopped missed that opportunity. And now they might come back to you if everybody else sucked equally or worse, Uh but (laughs) you missed an opportunity to stand out and stop the shopping, right? That's exactly it. Because I always say you can blow someone's hair back, knock their socks off by how you engage, connect, communicate, and build value through that consultation. And all of a sudden, everyone else falls away because you're not treating them like every other attorney does. And the consultation approach that most attorneys use these days is the same one that they used in the 80s. And they just keep dragging it into the future. And they don't realize that the consumer is different and they need to be different on top of it. Absolutely. And, and, you know, what's, what's interesting to me, and I'd like you to address this, is, you know, you go to the Legal Talk Network team uh, was just at, and I was just at ABA Tech Show at the end of February. Um, and, you know, that's something I've gone to, well, longer than I can remember, a couple of decades I've been at, at ABA Tech Show and other, and other trade shows um, for, for the legal industry. And there is marketing vendor after marketing vendor after marketing vendor. And, you know, they're great people. And I, I do business with a lot of these folks, um, and some of them sponsor this show. But what's shocking to me is like there's nobody there. Like it's like all about generating leads, generating mm-hmm. leads, generating prospects, and then nobody talking about what do you do with them once you get them. And <laughs> exactly. the answer to every pain seems to be more leads, and that's not it. So let me just ask you, why do you think so many attorneys both A struggle with, but then B resist talking about sales and lead conversion as a key component of this client acquisition process? Well, I completely agree with you. Every conference I go to, it's the same thing. Marketing, marketing, marketing. You need to market your business. And they're shoving marketing down attorneys' throats, which, yes, it's important. But if you're attracting leads and you have no idea what to do to them when they get to your office, then I always say, stop marketing. Don't even bother investing in marketing or dial down your marketing until you get the conversion skills that actually wow people these days. So... I know attorneys resist the sales piece because for years they, first of all, didn't think they had to sell. They say, I didn't go to law school to become a salesperson or no one ever told me that 
I would have to sell my services and do my services. And they think that their work should speak for themselves. And I say, yeah, if it was still 1985, that would be true, but it's not. There's too much competition now and people are shopping. They're savvier, they're smarter. The consumer is coming to the consultation table so much more educated in what they're looking for. They've done their research. They bellied up to the all-you-can-read information buffet called the Internet, and they are (laughs) gathering so much information. And if attorney meets them with an approach that's outdated, right away they cause a disconnect for the client. And typically they'll shake their head, they'll nod and say, thank you for your time, but then they will not buy from that attorney because the approach isn't in sync or in line with the way people make buying decisions these days. Exactly. And and to the point that you made earlier, I mean, we, we were kind of joking about it, but this is the same kind of metamorphosis that's happened, the same sort of change in the way the, the services are consumed that's happened to doctors, uh, physicians, surgeons, mm-hmm. financial planners, accountants, uh, tax people, um, contractors, interior designers, you know, all sorts of different service yeah. industries. <laughs> Are lawyers coming late to this uh, understanding or is it all happening at the same time to everybody? They are very behind the eight ball and they are extremely late to the party. They really are. I have many financial planning clients, doctors, plastic surgeons, tax accountants. (laughs) They're saying, wow, I know that I'm missing something but I don't know what it is. Can you help me? And the and attorneys are saying, well, you know, we're going to, we're going to work with the leads that we have, or we're working with a marketing company and doing some search engine optimization. So we think that's going to fix mm-hmm. our problems. They are just digging their heels in instead of leaning into this and exploring that there's another, another path to profits. And that is just being good in that people conversation and your consultations. They don't, they're resisting it because it's another skill they have to learn. And here's the, here's the big thing that I'm noticing is that they have got to get out of their logical mind and actually get into their emotional body and actually have like a heart to heart conversation with someone, not a head to head conversation. And they're really good at those logical legal conversations, but that's not what the new consumer wants. They want someone to engage with them in such a way that everyone else falls away. And that's what they're afraid of. Yeah, indeed. So we're talking with Liz Wendling um, about converting. And uh, we've been talking a little bit about how it's changed. That there's been a sea change since the 80s um, about what lawyers really need to do in order to convert the leads that they've got. And that it's not all about more leads, more leads, more leads, but it is about conversion. Um, when we come back, Liz, I'm going to ask you a little bit more to, to follow up on this conversation around you know moving out of the logical mind. Um, and into the uh, emotional mind and about resistance after we hear a word from our sponsors. Feel like your marketing efforts aren't getting you the high value cases your firm deserves? For over 15 years, Scorpion has helped thousands of law firms just like yours attract new cases and grow their practices. As a Google premier partner and winner of Google's Platform Innovator Award, Scorpion has the right resources and technology to aggressively market your law firm and generate better cases from the internet. For more information, visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast today. Ready to create and build your own solo or small farm practice? Need a nuts and bolts education on the 360 degree experience of starting a business? There's only one online destination dedicated to helping you achieve your goals, Solo Practice University. The only online educational and professional networking community dedicated to lawyers and law students who want to go into practice for themselves. 
more than 1,000 classes, 58 faculty and mentors. What are you waiting for? Check out solopracticeuniversity.com today. And welcome back to the Unbillable Hour. We're talking with Liz Wendling about the importance of conversions as part of the client acquisition process. And right before we went to break, we were talking about how attorneys are resisting um, or have been resisting that they're late to the party. And it, it triggered me into thinking about a couple of things, Liz, that I wanted you to sort of follow up on. Mm-hmm. Now, the first thing that jumped out at me was, you know, when people are talking about the logical and they're not connecting with the emotional, this resistance sounds a little bit like fear. What can you ta- tell me about, like, is there a core fear about the sales process, about this client interaction that that you've noticed or can help people with? Yeah, fear is definitely a part of the fuel that's running this process. And because they haven't been taught how to sell, they're thinking that selling is like it was 30, 40 years ago, where they had to manipulate and convince people to do business with them and put them in a headlock and make them say yes before they leave. And now it is nothing like that. Selling today is about that genuine, human, authentic interaction and guiding people to make good decisions in their best interest. There's no arm twisting. There's nothing about that. It's both client-centered and human-centered. And selling legal services is really about solving a problem that a potential client has. And it's really about getting the attorney to be the facilitator by being the leader of that conversation and moving people to take action and take action with them, not the competition. Right. And, you know, one of the things I like what you were talking about when you said moving out of the logical, like I'm always imagining and a lot, I've, I've just watched and heard a lot of lawyers do this. And I'm going to ask you in a little while about your secret shopping because I know you, you do that. And, you know, I'm sure you've heard like uh, yeah. the worst. But, you know, the people and they'll be talking to people go like, here's what we're going to do. Um, so if you hire me, I'm going to right away file a motion and uh, then we're going to mm-hmm. write a lot of interrogatories and then we're going to serve those and then we're going to wait and then we're going to like, and like, is that what? <laughs> people want to hear about? No, no, they do want to hear about part of the process. But what they're looking more is that connection and conversation that makes the if I was the potential client that gets me to relax, that gets me to start saying, I like this person. I like the way he or she is communicating with me. Wow, he or she is so different than the last two people I sat down with. That's what they want. And I did enough focus groups and research into writing my books to know that this is what they told me they want. They, yes, they, they understand the legal process because they remember they're educated. They sat and researched this before they sat with you. So you don't want to be over educating the consumer who's already educated. And that's what pisses them off. Basically that's their words. Don't over educate me. I get it. I know what's what the process is, but they want you to ask them questions around. Have you done any research? How much do you know about this part of the legal process? Have you hired an attorney before? Potential clients want to know that you're meeting them where they are, not where they used to be. You're meeting them as the educated consumer that they are. And when you do that, boy, you start tipping the scales in your favor. So, yeah. So, you know, the attorneys that obviously you've heard, you've heard what the consumer wants and yet there's the attorneys are out there walking around thinking, you know, I've got a 10%, 15%, 20% closing rate and I've got a closing problem. What do you tell them? Well, they always come to me and say, could you teach my people to be better closers? Could you teach us to? Right. Yeah, that's always what they ask. And I have to break the bad news to them and tell them that your attorneys can't do an average run of the mill 
consultation and think that a new closing technique is going to make somebody leap over the desk and open up their checkbook. (laughs) I tell them that the best, most important way to close more business is to recognize that closing starts the minute you meet someone, the minute you open your mouth. That's when it starts to close. When you, well, that's where closing starts. And fixing closing problems is completely unproductive, and it actually is way too costly. Because mm-hmm. what winds up happening is what's left untouched and what's overlooked are the dynamics of what's perpetuating the closing problem. So <laughs> yeah. all the hard yeah. work of attracting a prospect in, in, a, in an expensive lead. When it doesn't result in a closed sale, they think, oh, I must be a crappy closer. And I always say, no one says to you, you know, Alice, you were really my first choice. I really wanted to hire you, but you're a crappy closer. I think I'm going to go to the person down the street. (laughs) No, you were terrible at the whole consultation. The close is the culmination of a beautiful, well-executed consultation that makes someone feel heard, listened to, and valued. Yeah, yeah, I think that's beautifully said. So, and and I think I alluded to this a minute ago, but um, this is a great segue into just talking about you know you uh, have some unique insider information. You've listened uh, to these initial consultations that attorneys are having today. Can you talk about the process by which you kind of learning what these lawyers are actually doing um, and, uh, mm-hmm. and and how to fix it? Oh, I got the biggest smile on my face right now. It's my, <laughs> one of my favorite par- favorite parts of my practice is I am a law firm secret shopper. Yeah. Tell, first of all, tell people what that is. Me, okay. So a law firm secret shopper is someone who goes undercover and is hired to give the law firm in real time the good, the bad, and the ugly of what's happening inside their law firm. From the moment the phone rings to that intake conversation, all the way to what happens when the consultation door closes with the attorney. And they hire me to find out why their dollars spent in marketing, social media, business development is not translating into increased revenue and more clients or new business. So they're looking for the evidence of exactly what's broken and What's really happening inside the consultation room, not just saying, listening to the attorneys who say, oh, they couldn't afford me or, oh, they didn't have the money. That's never the case. It's usually something else or many, a series of things that's happening in the consultation. So they hire me to go in there and and then once I tell them what's wrong and where some of the gaps are, then they hire me to fix it and not just put a patch on it. It's fixing it at the deepest level, fixing it at the place where the consumer is really looking. And some of the things are are small but have a gigantic impact. And then other things are gaping holes in their process that they forget that is is important. For example, one thing, and I call it my Home Depot question because almost every attorney asks me this question. So what can I help you with today? That's how they start their <laughs> they start their consultations. Like I just walked into Home Depot or Lowe's, and there's no no connection, no no warm up. It's just ask me, what are you doing here today? And I always say, well, you, didn't you look at my intake forms or didn't you look at my paperwork? Don't you know I am here today? And I don't intentionally th- try to throw anybody off, but I want them to see where they're missing missing the boat in the communication piece. Yeah, yeah. So it's one of my favorite things to do because I can, I, I don't know, I must have been an actress in a past life because I can go in posing as an ideal client and I can take on the persona, the mindset and the emotions of someone ready to retain, whether it's a DUI, a bankruptcy, a divorce, custody, and 
all of my secret shopping and my hundreds that I've done, I've never been caught once. No one ever said, there's something different with that woman. I don't know. Every one of them says, holy crap, you're good. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and, it, and meanwhile, a, what you're doing, yeah, you're highlighting like what, what I've sometimes seen is the, the, the sales prevention department, right? You're, you said you're going in with the persona of someone who is a client prospect who would retain. Exactly. Your ideal client. And I have all different personas and a bunch of different emails and names that I use. And usually I have, I need somebody on the inside to, to be the person who helps coordinate all this stuff. But I do them either over the phone, a Skype, Zoom call, or face-to-face, depending on where they are in the country. Gosh, I mean, I could do a whole radio series about the, just like the, the disguising the names and stuff. And just like, I think it would be just entertaining to listen to some of these. Um, do you, do you wear costumes? I don't, that I don't. I do have, when, when I go to a, a personal injury office, I do walk in with a little bit of a limp. That's the only thing that I change. Oh, and I, and I do have a fake, beautiful two carat diamond ring that I wear when I go into my, awesome. my law firm for family law. Yeah. So it's a, it's a ton of fun. And for me, it keeps solidifying that this is the space where attorneys need the most help and I'm the right person to help them. And it just feels so good that I'm the person that they can plug into to help those attorneys not have potential clients walk out saying, thank you anyway, but uh, I'll get back to you. Yeah, which is just all those marketing dollars just flushed down the toilet. Yes, um, right out yes. the window. Yep. Yeah. So we're talking with Liz Wendling. We've been talking about conversions and we just kind of finished talking about uh, secret shopping and how that's really highlighting um, what's going on in the intake and the sales process or the conversion process where good qualified leads are just being flushed down the toilet and law firms are thinking they've got a closing problem. But what they really have is an entire process problem that Liz can uh, that Liz helps them with. What uh, We're going to listen to our sponsors here for a moment. They've got some words for us. And when we come back, I want to go deeper, Liz. I mean, we're going to talk about the um, first of all, I just want to highlight specifically some methods that are currently being used that are just outdated. And then, of course, let's not just keep bashing people for what they're doing wrong and talk a little bit more specifically about what uh, what they could be doing right. And we'll do that right after this message. Law Clerk is where attorneys go to hire freelance lawyers. Whether you need a first year to perform legal research or a seasoned attorney to assist with a complicated appellate brief, Law Clerk has hundreds of freelance lawyers with every level of experience and expertise. There are no sign-up or monthly fees. Only pay the flat fee price you set. Increase your profits, not your overhead. Learn more at www.lawclerk.legal. Is your firm experiencing missed calls, empty voicemail boxes, and potential clients you'll never hear from again? Enter Answer One Virtual Receptionists. They're more than just an answering service. Answer One is available 24-7. They can even schedule appointments, respond to emails, integrate with Clio, and much more. Answer One helps make sure your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call at 1-800-ANSWER-1 or visit them at answerone.com slash podcast for a special offer. That's answer1.com slash podcast. And welcome back to the Unbillable Hour. We're talking with Liz Wendling, the author of The Rainmaking Mindset and the author also of Consultations That Convert. And we've been talking about um, her uh, secret shopping and about... uh, 
why lawyers think they have a closing problem, what they really have is a process problem and a conversation problem. And so what I wanted to do now that we're uh, back is ask you, Liz, uh, to, to go a little bit deeper. And let's start first with what's wrong and then with what's right. So what's wrong? What methods have you been hearing during these secret shopping calls and, and consultations? Uh, what methods have you been hearing that are just way outdated and are really messing up the process? Oh, are you ready? <laughs> yeah, okay, we're ready. here we go. This is the one that usually shocks a lot of people. And I always say that many attorneys are shocked when they hear these because they say, oh, my God, I say that all the time. Or, oh, <laughs> yeah. I use that line all the time. So just take a breath. And if you're using it, there's a way around it. I just want people to be aware that these are some stumbling blocks. And the very first one is usually usually happens within the first 60 seconds of meeting someone. Attorneys are taught to build rapport or make a connection. And when you first meet someone, you start with some icebreakers or some superficial chit chat. And attorneys are taught to talk about the weather, the traffic, maybe parking, sports. They say things like, do you have any trouble finding the building? Or how about that weather last night? Or is it still cold outside, hot enough for you? And they use the very basic and boring and bland opening lines, which just I just tell attorneys, leave them out. First of all, we now have, now it depends on your industry, we have access to more information about people than ever before. Now, I'm not saying you stalk someone and say, hey, it was on your Facebook page. I'm just saying if it's a business situation, you could look at someone's LinkedIn profile. If it's a DUI or a bankruptcy or going through family law, you have an intake form. You have something on that form that could allow you to go right into that. So skip the superficial small talk. And what people are looking for is to be wowed right out of the gate. No one is consciously saying, I sure hope this attorney wows me in the first 60 seconds. They do want to be taken aback. It's like, oh, that was nice. Or, oh, I like this person already. That's what they're doing in the first few moments. Do I like you? Do I not? Are you resonating with me or are you not? Their brain is doing that. They're hardwired to do that. So why talk about superficial stuff and that chit chat that everyone else is? And then you put yourself in the attorney box. Right. They put you right in the box where they think you belong. Oh, this is, sounds like every other attorney I'm going to Yes. Meet. And then we talked earlier about the Home Depot question. So what brings you in today? Avoid that all together. And many times attorneys don't do a good job at setting the, the energy, the tone, the intent, and the expectation of what's going to happen over the course of the next 30, 40, 50-minute consultation that I have. Mm, yeah. And... They're not telling the client. It may be the first time that I'm sitting down talking to a bankruptcy attorney or my first DUI or something. I want to know. I want you to put me at ease in the first few moments to know that I'm in good hands. And when you miss all that, you miss the richness of what happens when you can put someone at ease in the first 60 to 90 seconds. And then all the way to how does someone convey value? How is this attorney conveying their value, explaining their services, how they can actually help me, how they handle objections, how they talk about money, sometimes money, oh, things get dismantled and wobbly when, when the money conversation comes up. Well, let's, yeah, let's talk about that in a second, because what, what, one of the things I want to come to here is like one of the things that you know, some people have heard about and use is, is, is you know, describing and discussing the unique value proposition. And, and like, how are attorneys misusing that? And what's the right way to talk about the value and the money? Okay, 
So talking about the value in the money, the money piece has to be what I call a strong money conversation. You've got to get your client's attention that we are now shifting gears. And now let's talk about how our firm works or how our retainer works. And you get the attention of someone that now we're talking about something that's important. This, this piece, you want to make sure you have their ears. And when you're describing, this is how we operate, or here's how our firm handles this. And you go into that with strength and confidence. It has to be practiced. And I always have attorneys kind of script out their money conversation, not word for word, but the first few times they do it, it has to be written out so that they can see that there's some structure to it. And there has to be some built-in value to that. So you just don't say, if someone, let's say someone says to you, well, what are your fees? Most attorneys say, well, my fee is $350 an hour and my paralegal fee is this. Now, all of a sudden, when you talk money, you've just taken them from an emotional place. You've just got them in that emotional place about helping fix their situation. And then you pull them right back up to logical when you say $350 and here's what happens. They start thinking, holy crap, where am I going to get $350 an hour? Wow, I make 12 bucks an hour. So you're actually doing it backwards. So I teach attorneys to put that at the end, build some value first and say to someone, here's how we're going to handle your situation. The very first thing that we're going to do or one of the ways that we're going to help you with your DUI, Sally, is we're going to do this and we're going to file this and we're going to take care of this. And all of that, that whole process, soup to nuts, whatever, however you want to describe it is $3,800. Give the number at the end so people could feel what goes into the retainer fee. And this is, this is really more of like a two-hour conversation when I talk to people because it's, it's so important to understand we've got to completely come about it in the opposite direction. Yeah, but that makes a lot of sense. So I was going to say, if we can keep people emotional, because that's where people buy. People buy emotionally, not logically. So if, if you say to someone, it's $350, they say, oh, wow, I, I can't afford that. And then you've lost the client right there. They don't even know how to figure out how to get that money. They're too busy trying to figure out where they can come up with it versus, wow, this, I know this is going to cost me money, but this person is right for me. He's got Big me, difference. right. Yeah. Yep. Big yeah. difference. So, yeah, I totally get that this is a much longer conversation. And at, at the end of the show, I will ask, you know, I'm, there's going to be a, some listeners who want to know more. And I'll ask you to give them ways they can get in touch with you to know more. But so within the confines of the show itself, since this is a long conversation, let's see if we can end our discussion today with just like a couple of things that can be acted on right away. So let me start with. Is there one thing that an attorney can do in the beginning of the consultation that will make them stand out? Like, what's the one thing they should take away from this, from our conversation today that they could do tomorrow or even this afternoon to make their consultation go better? Awesome question. And I write a lot about this in my book, and I have lots of examples, is to create your own unique opening statement, something that sets the energy, the tone, the credibility in those first few moments, because that is what is going to relax someone. When somebody is coming to a consultation, they're not usually happy, excited, elated. They're usually worried, stressed, concerned, confused. And you going into that and setting the tone for them helps to relax that part of their brain. That's the very first thing that they can do. 
Another one that I see all too often is use my name. I can't tell you how many consultations I sat through in one hour. And the only time someone used my name was in the lobby or when they came in the consultation room to shake my hand. Never once did they ask about my kids' names, my husband's name, or any other person that I talk about. And that is key. That's key to connecting and bonding and creating a relationship and starting the potential client to start thinking, wow, this person is human. This person cares. Huge distinction. And it's one that is so easy to fix. And I'm not talking about an obscene use of someone's word, a nice, natural way to use someone's word uh, name. Yeah. Yeah. And that would just, you know, that, that immediately, I think, signifies I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you, right? Not I'm hearing the next prospect that's walked through the door. Mm -hmm. I'm hearing customer number 579. I'm hearing you. Yes. And then finally, I would say if when I'm walking out the door, when you are shaking my hand, yes, use my name, but also make me feel like I am a potential client. Make me feel like you want my business. Tell me how I stay in touch with you. Tell me what your firm is going to do to me when I walk out. Are you going to send me an email in two days? Is somebody from the firm going to call me? Tell me so I know what the next step is. I want to know, am I supposed to call you? Do you call me? It's left too willy-nilly at the end, and it's not tight and firm and, uh, and, and closed at the end. Which gives you an opportunity also to make that promise and then keep that promise, right? To show that you're a firm that that, yes. that does what you say. Yes. And I always say that. I, I tell my clients, tell the person that our firm doesn't like to drop the ball on people who, who invest time in our firm. So here's what we're going to do, or here's how we like to stay in touch with people. And then you're actually collaborating through that because someone might say, oh, I don't want you calling me because my husband doesn't know I'm here or no, please don't leave a voicemail. Like that's really taking in the individual situation, not just saying, okay, well, we'll give you a call. No, make it individual to me. Yeah. That makes a whole lot of sense. And we're out of time, but so we'll wrap this up with something definite as well. Um, this wraps up this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Business Advisory Podcast. Um, my guest today has been Liz Wendling, the author of The Rainmaking Mindset and Consultations That Convert. So Liz, as we let our listeners walk out the door and let's leave them with something concrete, if they want to learn more about what we've been talking about, how, where can they go to learn more and, and get in touch with you? They can go right to my website, which is therainmakingcoach.com. And they can even start by just downloading a free resource that I have. It goes into a little more depth than what we talked about today. And my books are on there and my phone number is right there. If anybody wants to pick up the phone and call me or send me an email to continue the conversation. Everything starts with a great conversation and I'm always open to a good one. Fantastic. And that link will also be in our show notes. You can check them out there. All right, this is Christopher Anderson, and I look forward to seeing all of you next month with another great guest as we learn more about topics that help us build a law firm business that works for you. Remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on iTunes. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again soon. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network. Its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.
Thanks for listening to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. Join us again for the next edition, right here with Legal Talk Network. Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology, allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu slash interactive or download PLI's mobile app.